about Brother Cheryl being here tonight. Brother, come take your liberty and preach what the Lord has laid on your heart. Let's clap our hands to the Lord together, everybody. always a treat and highlight to be here with you and your family in this great church and the Lord seemed fit over the years just to connect us and I thank God for that I really do it's been a, a blessing to our family personally and um, this is great church aren't you glad you're part of a great church Amen. praise God um, Good to see Brother Burns here tonight. We have been with him for the last few days and and uh, had great services Friday night and Saturday night and this morning. And so coming here was uh, to Greenbrier and then here has been um, our first really major trip out in eight weeks. We've had some opportunities local, but um, so, you know, hey, I told somebody already, I'm, I'm sick of preaching to cameras and empty pews, you know. Uh, just any amen is a, like a general conference response right now, you know. So, so we're open to all of that, hallelujah. Um, but it is a delight to be back with you and certainly honor your pastor and his wife and, um, and their family. Praise God. crazy times I'm telling you that amen but above it all we all have to say that at the end of the day we know God's still in control and God's in charge and we have none of us has seen any evidence to think otherwise amen God is still in control amen I uh, I would like to turn your attention tonight to the book of Hebrews chapter number uh, 12 Hebrews chapter 12, and I'm going to read verse number 2, Hebrews 12 and verse number 2. And I pray that my comments tonight would be beneficial to you and be a blessing to you. The Bible said, Hebrews 12 and verse number 2, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The Bible said, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And I want to use, I want to use this verse and more in particular this phrase as a launching pad for our thoughts tonight. I want to talk to you about being future pulled, future pulled. 
and I pray God will help us. Um, would you go with me in prayer and ask God to help us here for the next few minutes tonight? Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for your mercy. Thank you for this great church. Thank you for your people. Thank you for allowing us to be gathered together again and feel your presence one more time. I pray that you'd let the anointing of God break, destroy every yoke. God, I pray that you'd bless the remainder of this service. Help me to be your representative and your ambassador today. And we give you thanks and we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. Well, if I preach a little louder, uh, I'm going to need some help from Brother Russ, I suppose, back there. So I'm going to leave all that up to y'all, how loud y'all want me to preach. I read just recently. 1801, a man named William Wilberforce said, concerning his future, he said, I dare not marry. He said, the future is too uncertain. 1801. 1806, another renowned man, his name was William Pitt, he said, there is scarcely anything around but ruin and despair, 1806. 1848, Lord Shaftbury said, nothing can save the British Empire from shipwreck. That was 1848. 1849, Another famous man, I can't pronounce his name, but he said, in industry, commerce, and agriculture, there is no hope. 1849. In 1852, the dying Duke of Wellington said, I thank God that I shall be separated from seeing the consummation of ruin that is gathering about us. These quotes were taken from 1801 to 1852. All of them are words and phrases of hopelessness and despair. In those same years, 1801 to 1852, those same years that was pronounced hopelessness, despair, uncertainty, shipwreck. In those same years, there were some babies born. Cyrus McCormick was born in those years. He was an inventor. He changed the landscape of agriculture. His business became known as International Harvester. Another man was born, Alfred Tennyson. He became Britain's most famous poet. And those same years, another man, Oliver Wendell Holmes, was born. He became the most cited Supreme Court justice in history. In those same years, another man was born. His name was Abraham Lincoln. Was born the same years that they were saying, Hopeless, 
despair, uncertainty. In those same moments, greatness was being born. A lot of times in our life, in our hour of darkness and hopelessness, it's really in those moments many times that great things are being born into our life. As long as we do not throw in the towel and give up and quit and turn around, it's not only going to get better, but it's going to become outstanding by the grace of God. Amen. Do not let the devil lie to you and convince you and tell you that there is no hope and there is no way out and the things you are searching and looking for are not to be found. Amen. There is nothing good in store for your future. I come tonight to tell you that that is nothing more than just a lie from the devil. Amen. There is hope for your future. And there is blessings in your future. And there is answered prayers waiting in your future. And there is revival in your future. There is family members coming to God in your future. Hallelujah. I know you may be in a dark hour, but I'm telling you, great things are being born this very day and this very moment in our life. Amen, amen, amen. Don't allow what you see presently to sink you and pull you back and pull you down. But rather, if you believe that God has something great in store for you, and if you believe that God has something great in store for your family, and if you believe that God has something great in store for this church, don't let what you see presently pull you down or cause you to sink. But take a hold of your future. If I could just say it, take a lasso. Lasso it around your future. And let your future pull you through. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, and whatever you're going through. Let's just start here. How many want to go to heaven? Amen. How many want to see Jesus Christ? How many want to make it through the pearly gates? Hallelujah. So I say tonight, get a hold on heaven and let heaven pull you to it. And as heaven pulls you to it, it's going to pull you through whatever you're dealing with right now. How many believe there's revival in the future? Get a hold of that revival and let the future pull you to it. And if it pulls you to it, it's going to pull you out of whatever you're facing now and pull you out of whatever you're dealing with tonight. 
Preach a little louder. I come to raise my voice and tell you wherever you are, it's temporary. Get a hold of your future. Get a hold of God and let it pull you through it. Oh, let's all clap our hands to the Lord tonight. Jesus. A man greater than me said, God's church, God's people were never meant to be past driven, but rather they were always meant to be future pulled. The church was never designed to be past driven, but rather it was always intended to be future pulled. I believe that with all my heart because I think tomorrow is going to be greater than my yesterday. And I think my future is going to be a whole lot greater than my past. I think the Bible sets a precedent for that. I think the Bible lets us know that the latter rain is going to be greater than the former rain and the latter house is going to be greater than the former house and the temple made with hands or without hands is greater than the temple that was made with hands. Whatever is in your future, get a hold on it, get a hold on it, get a hold on it and let it Pull you in that direction. The Bible said in Psalms 30 and 5, it says this, and you're familiar with this verse of Scripture. It says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. But joy cometh in the morning. I heard a little while ago, and I'm, I deviate here. You know, we, we ain't been preaching as much as we used to, so there's a lot of deviation going on, I guess, here. I read where, where I heard the testimony. You, you've heard the song. Some of you have heard the song. Um, there's a little bit of mourning outside. Anybody ever heard that song before? Uh, who, Phillips Craig and Dean, I think, sing this song. There's a little bit of mourning outside. I'm a bad singer, but something like that. There's a new beginning in the sky. Randy Phillips wrote that song, and he said the way the song came to him, he said his little girl having problems sleeping by herself at night, and he said he kept telling her, do not get out of your bed unless it's morning. Do not get out of your bed unless it's morning. He said, just go over and lasted for a long time. And she was coming to get into the bed. He said, don't get out of your bed till morning. And he said, one night, he'd had a rough night. And, and here she come. Here she come. And she shrugged his shoulders and said, dad, wake up. And he said, he got up and he was just kind of in the wrong mood and he said, I told you not to get out of your bed till morning. He 
she said, she looked at him with those baby eyes and said, but dad, look out the window. There's a little bit of morning outside. There's a little bit of morning outside. A little bit of morning is enough for us to rejoice over the morning. Amen. Weeping may endure for a night, the psalmist said, but joy cometh in the morning. If I didn't know that joy was coming in the morning, I don't think I could ever endure the night. I don't think I could ever make it through the night if I didn't know there was joy coming in the morning. But what pulled me through and what pulled you through the night is the fact that I know the sun's going to come up. I know those hot rays are going to hit my face. I know my hands are going to get up and they're going to be thrust up into the air. I'm going to outlast the weeping. I'm going to outlast the hardship. I'm going to outlast the night. The morning is pulling me through the night. Hallelujah. I want to tell somebody here, I just feel an unction of the Holy Ghost. Your morning is about to come. Your sun is about to set or come up in your life. It's pulling you. It's pulling you through your darkness. telling you, the Bible said when weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. When the morning gets here, I'm going to enjoy my morning. Amen. Not my crying morning, but the morning morning. I'm going to enjoy the morning when it gets here. So, when you see me enjoying my morning and enjoying my daylight and enjoying the sun rays, I don't really care what your opinion is about me. When you see me rejoicing in my morning because you, you don't know the night that we had to endure to get to the morning. So when you see me enjoying my morning, just let me enjoy my morning. Because that is what pulled me through the night. Amen. And maybe there's somebody here on this Sunday evening. The sun has begun to come up in your life. I say that you have a good right to enjoy your morning because it pulled you through the night. We are people. We are a church that is future pulled. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. The Bible said in the text that I read to you, the scripture says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And I could just stop right there for a moment. And let you know that Jesus is, in fact, the author and the finisher of our faith. The Lord is 
is the one who has the authority and the legal right to author your life and to author your story. Do not let the devil convince you that he's the one writing your story. The devil does not have the right to write your story. He doesn't have the power nor the authority to write your story. And when the devil tries to tell you that he's going to finish you, you need to tell him you're not the finisher. You're not the one that has the power to finish me. You're not the one that has the ability to finish me, but the one that has the power to write my story and begin my story, he is the one that has the ability to finish me. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. The devil tells you he wants to finish you in terms of he wants to end you. He wants to do away with you. But the Bible said Jesus is the author and the finisher. That doesn't mean he's going to do away with you. But that means finisher speaks in terms of he's going to bring it together. And he's going to complete it. And he's going to end it in the best means possible. The devil is not going to finish you. But God is going to finish you. God is going to pull it together. God is going to complete it. God is going to work it out. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who for the joy that was set before him, the Bible said he endured the cross. What was it that gave the Lord, the power to endure the cross. It was the fact that the future pulled him. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. If there was nothing to go to, it would be hard to endure. If there was nothing to look forward to, there would be really even no, no reason to endure. But the reason we endure is because we know there are things set before us. And so fixing our eyes and our gaze on those things that are before us, we get our hearts on them. We get our minds on them and we get our spirit set on them and we look at where we are, but we say that is where I'm headed. I may have to endure this for a little while, but this is only temporary. That is where I want to go so I can endure this to get to there, hallelujah. The devil knows where you are headed and the future that is pulling you and what God is leading you in. So he's going to put everything in your path. He's going to put everything in your way to cause you to stumble and to give up a brother. Let the future pull you through it. Let the future pull you through it. Pull you to that place. Pull you to that destination. 
Hallelujah. Let the future pull you to a closer wall with God. Let it pull you to the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Let it pull you to a place of repentance. Let it pull you to water baptism. Let it pull you to the place God wants us to be. Future pulled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody said amen. I'll not be much longer here tonight. The joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. It's not that I enjoy the crown of thorns or enjoy the nails in my hands and my feet. But there's something that's pulling me through this. And it's the joy that was set before him. We could label that joy that was set before him with a lot of things, but I think by and large, the joy that was set before him was the church of the living God and was salvation of mankind. I think that was the joy that was set before him, knowing that he was going to redeem humanity and build a church. Amen. I think that was the joy that was set before him and knowing that that was on the line. He's saying, I'm going to let it pull me through this to get to there. If I could just say this tonight, what when people give up, you have to consider not just giving up when you give up. When people throw in the towel and give up, you have to not consider now and here at the present, but you have to consider the big picture. What are you giving up when you give up? Amen. What are you what are you just throwing away? What things that are set before you are you giving up when you give up? I say, God, we are not going to throw in the towel. We're not going to sink. We're not going to turn around. But we're letting the things that are set before us pull us toward the future. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. amen. The Bible said... As musicians come, the Bible said that Abraham was called out of the earth of the Chaldees. And he left that place. And Hebrews 11 speaks to us and tells us that he went and he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker was God. Somehow... The thing that the Lord put in his heart, it pulled him out of the earth of the Chaldees. And he began to be pulled looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. John the Revelator on the Isle of Patmos, on that barren rocky island, the Spirit of God came upon him. And it was able to pull him up off of that rocky island. Stephen was in the middle of a dusty street somewhere where rocks being thrown at his face, but somehow the Spirit of God pulled him through that. 
Amen. Paul and Silas in a Philippian jail with stripes on their back and their feet in stocks. But at the midnight hour, they began to pray and sing praises unto God. And they were looking toward revival. They were looking toward a vision and a dream of what God was going to do. And it pulled them through the prison. And it pulled them through the stocks. And it pulled them through the stripes. Joseph, what are you doing in this pit? How can you make it through the dungeon? How can you make it being lied on? How can you make it being forgotten? Well, I got a vision and I got a dream of where I want to go. And it's pulling me. It's pulling me. It's pulling me. Is there anybody here on this Sunday night that you feel the pull of the Spirit in your life? The future is pulling my family. It's pulling my faith. It's pulling me in that direction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God has a precedent of pulling, pulling on us. You ever heard a preacher say or you ever prayed? God, convict them. Draw them, God. What are you saying? You're saying, God, pull them. Pull them, Lord, pull them. Pull them toward you. Pull them from where they are and pull them to you, Jesus. There is a pull of the Spirit. Hallelujah. not this smart, but I just read this a couple of days ago. I was reading about a man that raised doves. And the dove in the Bible is a type of the spirit. And he said, he said, every bird has natural instincts. He said, but the dove has some unique ones. He said, it's a just comparatively to regular birds, he said it's a, it's a robust bird. It's a healthy bird. But he said even though it's got mass on it, it has unique ability of agility in flight. Some of you may know this already. But he said, he said the majority of birds, when they, when they prey on something, their design is to swoop down. He said even most birds to fly, they swoop down to catch wind to go up. He said, but not so with the dove. He said the dove has a unique ability to when a bird of prey swoops down toward it. He said the natural instinct and escapability of the dove is it has the unique ability to, from where it is, to fly straight up. Even in flight, it said if the dove wants to fly up, it can, from where it is in flight, it can fly straight up in flight. That's how a dove escapes its prey, through its upward flight, because the majority of other birds doesn't have that ability. And I thought, what a great type. And what a beautiful type of the Spirit of God. Because when the enemy prays down and swoops down on us, the way we escape is we have a unique ability in the Spirit. 
that in tough, sticky, hard times, we have a unique ability through the Holy Ghost to be caught and lifted up. Amen. How many has ever experienced the upward pull of the Spirit of God in your life? You come to a place and you say, Lord, things are pulling me down. Things are pulling me back. Things are weighing down. And all of a sudden you get a visitation of the Holy Ghost and you can't explain it. You don't know how it happens. You don't know how it takes place. But all of a sudden the Spirit of God lights upon you and it begins to raise you up and it begins to lift you up and you begin to rise up in the Holy Ghost. Is there anybody here tonight that would say, Lord, I need you to lift me up. I need you to raise me up. I need you to pick me up. Let the future pull me up, oh God. Let's all clap our hands to Jesus. Will you stand with us, everybody? think it'd be good if we just lifted our hands and just 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 express some words of praise to the Lord right where we are right now can we do that across this tabernacle Jesus I love you God I magnify your name I exalt you Lamb of God hallelujah 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 God let the future pull us let the future pull us oh God let the future pull us oh God Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody say, Lord. Come on, somebody say, Lord. Everybody shout, Lord. Lift me up. Say, Lord, pull me up. Say, Lord, raise me up. There is spiritual precedent of the Spirit of God lifting us up. In the New Testament, Jesus told the man, take up thy bed and walk. Zacchaeus came to the tree and the Bible said he climbed up and when Jesus got there, the scripture said that he looked up. Jesus told somebody, I'll give you a well and that well will spring up into everlasting life. He said, if you pray in the Holy Ghost, your faith will be built up. He told somebody to rise up. He told us to look up. He said, destroy this temple and in three days, I'll raise it up. He said there's coming a day in your future that all of us are going to be called up together to meet the Lord in the air. So I say, Lord, if there's anybody here, lift us up, pull us up, raise us up, help us to escape the prey of the enemies. I don't know everybody's story. I know that perhaps when you got a crowd this size of the current events, I'm sure they're select individuals that maybe it's affected you worse than others. And maybe if it didn't affect you personally, maybe somebody you was close to, maybe it affected you, if not directly, indirectly. But I just want to, and I feel a witness in my spirit tonight to just say, 
that even though you can't see it, you may not know it now, that there's some greatness being born here. There's some marvelous things coming to pass right now. While everybody else is saying doom and gloom and despair. Somewhere in the hills of Kentucky, in an old log cabin, there's one of the greatest presidents in the United States. He's being born somewhere up there. Greatness is when everybody else saying no hope, gloom, doom, nothing's going to happen, nothing's going to take place. We're way out in the hills in an old, obscure place. Greatness, you're not seeing it now, but it's coming today. It's going to be revealed, and you're going to find out the very time you said you couldn't make it. It's the very moment that I made a way in your life. Hallelujah. So I want to tell somebody, whatever you do, you get a grip on this thing, and you hang on and say, Lord, when I can't make it, just pull me on through it. And when I can't and when I can't walk, let the future pull me through it. And when I can't get through them on, let the holy let it pull me. Let it pull me. Let it pull me through it. Come on, let's give God some praise together. Can we do that tonight? here in this house and you can identify with something that's being said and you say Lord my faith is in you and I want you to pull me to that place I want you to pull me to that spiritual destination I want you to pull me to that spiritual location I'm inviting you now to slip out of your seat and maybe come to this altar if you feel comfortable doing that or maybe just stepping out in the aisle whatever you feel comfortable with I'm not going to invade anybody's face tonight. I'm going to be respectful of you. We all are, I know. But would you just lift your hands to God and say, Lord, come on, pull me through it. Let the future pull me. Let the Holy Ghost pull me through it. Let the prophecies that's been given pull me through it. Let the word of God that's been spoken pull me through it. Thank you, Jesus. We declare no mountains stand before us, no weapons form against us. We're standing on your promise. We believe in you, Lord, for greater things. We know that you are willing. We sing that you are able. Oh God, oh God, release your favor. Should we need? 
going to embarrass anybody, and my intention is not to put anybody on the spot. But if you're here tonight and we're not asking you what or we don't want any details, but you say, Brother Cheryl, I'm dealing with something, and I need God to pull me through it. I need what he's put before me to pull me through where I am right now. If that's you, if you can identify that in any fashion, I'm not going to ask you to come to the altar. I'm not coming to you. But would you raise your hand and say, Lord, I got an area in my life. I got some uncertainty, and I need you to pull me through this. That's it. Just lift your hand right where you are. Just lift your hand up. Say, that's me. God, I need you to pull me through this. I need you to pull me through it, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel, I just feel a spirit of God brooding over us right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to take your other hand and lift it up. Put both of them up. Hallelujah. As we begin to pray here in just a minute, I want you to begin to pray prayers, not about where you are, but where you want to go. I want you to start looking ahead to the future and start talking about what's in your future. Stop talking about where you are and start talking about what's waiting on you, what's before you. Stop talking about the hard and the tough. And I'm not trying to minimize that, but I'm saying we're going to look to the joy that is set before us. And we're going to start declaring and start prophesying and start talking about what God is doing for us even now. Hallelujah. Would you lift your hands to God one more time? We're going to pray together.